Hey there, podcast fans. I wanted to try out podcasting. Do you like sports talk? Do you want to have a racquetball conversation with you? How about politics? How is Nancy Pelosi in bed? Music. I'm a Billy Joel aficionado. The culinary arts. Most people like a lot of milk, but I only like a little bit of milk. Women's issues. Keep it in your pants, ladies. <laughs> or how about a whole bunch of nonsense? You stepped on a hobo turd. I've seen a lot of dead people. That's your cousin! The Unpaid, the unpaid programming, programming Podcast. The Unpaid Programming Podcast contains adult language and adult situations. Hey everyone, before we get into the episode, I have to tell you about this awesome giveaway we're doing. We have partnered with Gilded.gg to give away a $50 Steam gift code. The giveaway is going on now through August 22nd. The best way to enter is to go to our Twitter at LateGamingArena and find our pinned tweet. We have a link to the giveaway. All you have to do is complete a few simple tasks, join our Gilded community, and a few other things that will give you some bonus entries, and your name will be entered in for the giveaway. Keep in mind, you do have to be in our Gilded community in order to receive the prize. So what are you waiting for? Head over there right now, enter the contest, join our Gilded community, and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with the Lit Gaming Arena podcast, and we'll, we'll go ahead and jump into what I've been doing this week. Um, first of all, there was a show I was watching, and I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden what I was watching. Um, oh, that's right. I started watching Japan Sinks 2020. <laughs> I don't remember how many episodes are in it, but I'm at least on episode five or six. Um, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> that show is, it's, it's so sad that it's funny. Cause <laughs> there's just parts where you're like, well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like I almost, I, I, I don't worry. I don't want to spoil anything obviously cause it's newer, but, uh, fuck like just on a second episode, there's a thing that happens where I'm just like, did that seriously just fucking happen? <laughs> but I mean, it is made by the devil man cry baby people. So I mean, yes, yes, that did happen. Because why wouldn't it? Why why not? Anything's open game to these people. Yeah, just it's constantly just sadness every episode. I also appreciate how Devilman Crybaby and this basically both start with like a track and field running scene. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, they're both start with the track thing before everything gets weird. Yeah. It's like a weird It's like a yeah, like, like it links up trope, somehow. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, same running like animation too. Where they're really proud of that running animation. Um, I was I find the way that they animate characters kind of funny. Like everyone just kind of looks like blocky. Everyone's kind of like wide looking. Kind of. I mean, I think that's I mean, some a lot. aren't, but like it's a lot of the like solid color thing. I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just I I'm, my favorite character, as I've already told you, is uh, basically just like ninja slash pewdiepie <laughs> and i just like how he's, he's literally just a youtuber <laughs> just why i'm just uh, a youtube guy i'm just a youtube guy i'm just here to watch japan sink i guess and get it on video <laughs> i don't know uh, like there's one part that i thought was really funny where they're just like this taste this food tastes kind of funny he's like it's weed <laughs> <laughs> 
So of course you would know that, Mr. <laughs> YouTuber. And then there's, of course, the, the typical Japan xenopho- uh, xenophobia that... The old guy that's just like, get, you're Japanese. Why, why don't you care more about this country? Not those foreigners. Yeah, that's a very prominent thing throughout the whole series. Oh, I'm sure. Which, I mean, honestly, though, like, if I were anybody else, I would hate that British guy, too. Because, <laughs> man, I thought I didn't like the main character until he popped up. And then I'm just like, nah, yeah, this guy sucks. He's just trying to bang your mom. (laughs) That's not any better. (laughs) He just keeps popping up those big, like, weird eyeball things in his hand. Yeah, he's (laughs) he's weird. uh, Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, obviously I'm not finished with that. But yeah, it's a really weird, weird ass show. Um, But yeah. Um, and then in typical Justin fashion, instead of playing anything that I'm supposed to be playing or playing anything that everybody else is playing or playing anything new coming out, I, uh, I jumped into Astro near everybody, likes which that is, game. it just came out on game pass recently. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just like scrolled, like the recently added to game pass list and installed a couple games, and that's one of the ones that I installed, and I started playing it. I, I remember seeing like this kind of early on, um, before the game even released, and seemed it looked all right. Um, and then still watching the trailer, I'm like, yeah, it looks okay. I don't know what like convinced me to actually play it because like nothing really actually sold me on the game, um, gameplay wise, or looking at gameplay, or even see or seeing any of the trailers. But I was like, I'll try it out. And then I only started just playing it a couple days ago and I'm already like 10 hours into the game, um, which is a lot when you have my schedule. But um, yeah, so this game is kind of like a like a No Man's Sky meets Subnautica It's probably the best way I could probably describe it. It's underwater. So you, I don't want to play it. No, <laughs> I mean, like the style of Subnautica. Um it's like a Subnautica in space. <laughs> um, but I, even after playing it for a little while, I feel like Subnautica is probably more complex overall than this game is in some ways. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm not far enough in, but it just seems like the systems in Subnautica are a little more, um, there's a little more bit more to them than what Astroneer has. Um, cause I've seen some of the Subnautica gameplay stuff and it gets kind of crazy later on. I'm, especially with like the all the different vehicles and stuff and feeling the vehicles and this it's like everything is just kind of it's almost like simplified you have i mean there's a lot of different elements and and uh materials that you can find or make with the equipment you have but it's like oh you have your basic like this is a copper type material this is an aluminum type material and and you're putting those into like a smelter to get like the raw blocks and then there's then there's just stuff that's strewn about the world like this is your um compound material which is you, you use this to make some buildings and then there's resin which is like just like a plastic material you use to make other kinds of buildings and yeah so you're just you're you're like going underground and mining for these materials and uh bringing them back up and then creating different supply chains of different stuff so that eventually you can get far enough on like your research because you're also in addition to this you're running around like 
getting research points. So you're like scanning things and then you're bringing stuff back to your base to drop in a scanner and then it gives you all these scanner scanner points and then you can spend those points on upgrading your equipment so that you can get more cool stuff. Eventually you get to the point where you can just build a spaceship and go launch and go to some other planet and you can start getting materials and research stuff from that planet as well. I'm nowhere near that point. <laughs> I'm definitely nowhere near a point where I'm building a spaceship, but uh, I'm having a really good time with it. I've actually been streaming it on, uh, I was, I was streaming it on Mixer <laughs> too, even because like, I use multi or I use restream. So um, that's what you're putting on Mixer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Mixer was technically not supposed to be up, but yep, yeah, we were, I was streaming there still. No one watched, but it was there. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff about this game. That the the atmosphere is really cool. Um, it's somewhat unforgiving, but also it's is forgiving because if, if you die, you just respawn at your kind of hub base thing. Um, and usually, what you're gonna die from is just running out of oxygen, and so. The thing that you're typically doing in this game is you're just creating like these link chain or these uh, tethers to wherever you're going. And these tethers link to your base and they supply you with oxygen. But there are times where you're like digging a hole. And then as you're digging a hole, you just like slip and fall down into like a cavern. And you're like, well, um, I'm like low on oxygen already. And now I got to try to like use my my weird like terrain manip manipulator gun to get back up to the surface <laughs> or else I'm going to lose all my shit. That's on my backpack. Cause your, your stuff still stays on the backpack on your like dead body. If you die and you can go back down and retrieve it. But like, if you don't know where that's at, then that's just gone forever. There's no beacon or anything. You just have to know where you died at. And like the mining is done with this, uh, what I would call is like terrain manipulation. Like when, you know, when you play like any type of like Sim City or anything, you have like the, the ground manipulation thing where it's like, oh, you can, there's, you can make holes in the ground or you can raise up the ground or you can level the ground. Those are like the three modes. And part of that is also like you can create canisters to collect dirt. And then that is another thing that you can use in one of the machines at your base, which will um, basically just, it's like a a centrifuge it's like a gigantic centrifuge and it will just create like a bunch of a different type of um element or material that you need um and so you can just instead of digging a lot of stuff up you can just you go that route but that also still requires you to dig the ground up anyway so i mean you're kind of you're you're it's like a benefit to digging stuff up because you can use the dirt that you dug up to create more of a sp specific element and then everything is just based on power too. So like you are, you're create, you're doing like solar panels and wind turbines so that you can power your base, which then powers the research stations and powers the, your 3d printers that you use to build stuff. Um, and it's, uh, that part is kind of difficult because anyway, yeah. So you're, you're powering all your shit with uh wind turbines and and solar solar panels and you're building all that and then there's like stuff that you can find on the planets like i found like this really weird alien kind of like prism looking thing and it had like three power ports on it 
laid out in like a triangle formation. And so I, I tried to plug it into like the Rover that I had and like nothing happened, but like, there, so I was like, Oh, well maybe I have to power this thing. So then I brought like a platform and brought a couple of, uh, uh, wind turbines with me, little mini wind turbines, but like, um, I plugged it in and like the, another triangle in the middle of the triangle, like raised up, but it seemed like it needed more power. So seeing that there's three power ports, I assumed that I just needed the power, like all three of those. So I brought a bunch of platforms and then it just like loaded up my Rover with a bunch of like solar panels and fucking wind turbines. And I connected all those to the power ports on this triangle thing. And it like powered up and then it like activated the thing and it I got like this like rare achievement. I can't remember what the rare achievement said, but essentially what it looks like is it, you, there's like this orb in the middle of the pyramid or in this triangle prism thing that you could walk up to and interact with. And it showed like looked like the planet and it showed like several different um, kind of shapes that looked like other of other versions of what I was in. And I can only assume that there, those are other, um, I guess prism structures on the planet. So I think it's like some sort of like teleportation system that you can activate on the planet, which is kind of cool. And I just kind of like discovered that without ever really like looking anything up. So that was kind of neat to figure that out on my own. Um, the Rover system is pretty satisfying. Uh, the first thing you can build is a tractor and uh, you can connect up to three trailers to the tractor via power cables. And uh, you just drive that around and it like it has it's it's powered. So you have to charge it. Um, but what I've done is I just like attach a couple of wind turbines to one of the trailers. And uh, that pretty much supplies it with enough power you need to just indefinitely drive the thing around the planet. Um, it's also really easy to get lost on the planet. The planets, I don't think the planets are like entirely too big. Um, cause you can definitely see like the curvature of the planets. Um, but like I've, I've kind of like created like these paths via the tethers to different points where I'm like, Hey, I'm, mi I'm mining over here and this is the way to get to the fucking prism thing. And, um, all the paths, none of the paths are ever really all straight. So I was just like, Oh, well, maybe if I, if I kind of go this direction, maybe I'll intersect with my path that I made and I did not intersect with the path that I made. And I'm like, okay, I'm really fucking lost now. How am I going to get back to my base? So I was like literally just driving in circles with my little tractor and the three trailers hooked up to it, trying to find my, my home base or something that will lead me back to somewhere I'm familiar with. And finally, I did finally find my base, but I was like super stressed out because I'm like, I'm going to have to start all over in this game because I can't find my fucking house. <laughs> like totally like Minecraft style, getting lost, heading in one direction into the infinite generation of the world. And it'd be like, well, great. Now I don't know where my house is, <laughs> but it's a pretty good game. I think I'll probably play some more of it um, early when I like get at least to the point where I can it go explore other planets, but I'm unsure like how much the end game progresses for this. I know like they're, they recently launched like a automation update. So I guess, I don't know. There's probably some more stuff in the end game that that'll be interesting. I'm just, I get, I'm worried that like, it'll just be, I finished, I, I, I 
have this big old massive like operation of getting supplies on this one planet. And now I'm just going to launch and go land on another planet and have to just essentially start over and do the same thing on another planet, which doesn't seem like too interesting to me. But I guess I'll find out when I get to that point. But that's pretty much all I've been doing. That's that's what I did this week. Um, so I don't know. Let's say we uh, let's say we get to the community engagement. Yeah, let's get to that engagement. The uh, community feedback slash engagement slash cool stuff, which this week, this week, you'll never, you'll, you'll, you you never guess what happened, which I mean, I already told you what happened, but we got it. We got an email. We finally got an email. Is it from somebody we know? Yes, it is. Well, someone that I know. It's not the ghost of Gamer Past. It's, <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's not. No. He's been kind of a uh, a wall, I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen him lately. No, he replies. He replies on our community engagement stuff still, but like he hasn't done anything. He hasn't put He's out any hero. episodes. He hasn't had any episodes lately, and it's He's the like, real MVP. Season season two's over already. I guess I don't know. I really I was really enjoying season two. He was putting out. I think he burnt himself out. That the the the, the uh, GOGP. Because uh, he was putting out like three episodes a week <laughs> for a while. I'm like, man, that's a lot of episodes you to put out. Content. You want to stay alive, yeah. you got to make the content. Yeah. So it's funny. So, all right. So we'll get, well, we'll, we'll do the email first because it's an email. I'm excited. We got an email. Uh, unfortunately, there's no question, no question being asked. So there's no, nothing for us to answer here, but this is the email. <laughs> um. So the title is you asked for it <laughs> and this comes in from the unpaid programming podcast and it says, Hey, it's Lawrence from the unpaid programming podcast. You wanted an email since you didn't get one in the last episode. I'm just sitting back and enjoying a chipped ham sandwich and listening to your most recent episode, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. I haven't got much more to add apart from that since I am not much into video games. Although Jeff and I share a love for Red Dead Redemption 2. So I'm afraid I have to sign off for now because my home planet needs me. <laughs> so that's the email. Um, so that's a, it's a, I think that's a proof live? of the pudding. What planet are they on? Uh, the Chip Tam Sandwich Planet. <laughs> Chip Tam. Chip Tam. It's uh, uh, Planet Wawa. Honestly, I'm surprised they listen to our cast if they don't play a lot of games other than Red Dead, I guess. Mm. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's uh, proof in the pudding that uh, people can enjoy our podcast whether they like video games or not. And whether they agree with me because I don't like Red Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe... Don't don't say that. Don't. He, he might not, he's, he probably didn't listen to that episode, so he doesn't know. <laughs> You've ruined it, Marcus. Now he's going to stop listening. <laughs> I'm one of a very small select group that uh, doesn't like that Red Dead. I, I think it's... Uh, and I've never played it. Unentertaining. I, I mean, I never played the, the second one. I played part of the first one. Um, and Are I see, you talking I got to Revolver the where, or Redemption? Well, the first Redemption. Okay. The first Redemption. Yeah, I never played Red Dead Revolver either. But yeah, Red Dead Redemption, I, I kind of did like the thing that I guess a lot of people do where you get to like, it's like the whole getting into Mexico is like a huge climax in the game. And then it's just like, oh, okay, well, now I'm just doing more of the same, but this time it's in Mexico. So I'm like, I don't, I kind of fell off of it after that. 
it was just more of a go to this icon on the map and do a mission and then go here and then you're going to go and take over this outpost area again. And it's just like, yeah, I did all that on the north side of the border. Why do I want to do it on the south side of the border? <laughs> I think the best Red Dead game is Revolver. No, I never did that's Red a, Dead Redemption. That's a hot take. <laughs> that's a hot take. I, I never did uh, Red, the original Red Dead Redemption. Um, part of that being that I just don't... Uh, I've been boycotting, like, for the most part, aside from... I was boycotting uh, Rockstar for a while. I just didn't want yeah. to buy their games uh, since San yeah. Andreas. Because that's when they... I felt that's when they just kind of were... that. That's when they came, became, like, the mega dev studio that they are today. Um, yeah and yeah i just did i didn't agree with a lot of the changes made to uh when they made grand theft auto 4 and the for a while it was just like and, and i mean red dead's part of this for a while it was just like what if this thing but like grand theft auto and i just got bored of it yeah. you know um i i think there were interesting games made within that period but i mean like la noir and uh bully but those and then red dead were all kind of wrapped into that i mean i I think revolver was actually more unique i i I see like essentially they made red dead revolver which was a first person shooter and it was bad it was very poorly received and then i see when they made red dead redemption was retreating into just once again using their boilerplate like thing that worked so they did the safest option of being like what if western grand theft auto and I mean, that's that's yeah. what that game is at the end of the day. Um, but I was just it, like it, the original Red Dead Redemption actually seemed really cool. And I know a lot of people even to this day liked it more than the second one. Um, and I probably would be in that boat, but I just am not a fan of Rockstar. And I hate how they became, uh, especially in the Grand Theft Auto 4 area, like actually just e- even po- post San Andreas they became the game that everybody wanted to be like. Um, yeah, because everyone's like, oh, we need to make an open world city Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah, I, and I mean, that that's the industry is still feeling that. Um, the same way with Oblivion, like slash Skyrim, like everybody wanted to make an Oblivion slash Skyrim yeah. open yeah. world game. And that's still, we're still feeling the effects of that. And actually, I look at, uh, what is it, ba- Balin Wonderworld, um, that I think that game is actually very brave in what it's doing because it's it's and I don't think every game needs to be this, but it's retreating into making games that are more closely to a PS1 game where it is kind of this collectathon thing, um, but with just like, you know, modern day aesthetics and uh, graphics applied, which is like i just think that's brave to do because every other game on the planet is going open world um and now we've entered even the uh like and i guess this even applies to conversations surrounding uh ghost of tsushima is the the modern day appeal of a lot of open worlds is linear open and i've talked about this a little bit where it is like that god of war style where you have almost like a hub and you have like branches off that hub that you go to, and those are their own worlds onto themselves in a way. Yeah. And I feel that's become like that's the modern day open world where it and that what that allows them to do is have a firm through line of a narrative that doesn't get spoiled by all the open world antics. Um 
because that I mean that's always been the issue is when you make an open world, then you got the issues of people you know doing all the things, getting overpowered, and then ru- effectively ruining this through line in some capacity, being either yeah. like too strong or making the uh, plot point not really make a lot of sense. And their way around that uh-huh. before was the gates and gating territories to be like the classic Grand Theft Auto thing of like, oh, there's this bridge the bridges. that you can't yeah. go past until uh, you do a certain uh, quest to open up those territories. Um, and and that's how that's basically how Ghost is. So that's what I mean when I say it's like old style open world. Um, but all like I hate that we're still feeling that just because people are chasing that money at the end of the day, feeling every game needs to be open world and they absolutely do not. Um, and now it's, it, it, that's expanded to many other things, um, for a while. And it still is this a bit, um, now it's once again, Grand Theft Auto will always be a trendsetter no matter what they do. They're like, Rockstar is always doing something that is going to shake up the industry in some way, shape or form. But now for like, for a very long time, it's been Grand Theft Auto online. Um, many companies and even still are tacking on an online post game launch, um, Final Fantasy 15 did it with Final Fantasy Com- like Comrades, Final Fantasy 15 Comrades, which was an online component. Yeah. Uh, Metal Gear did Metal Gear online. Um, you know, that's and all that's that in that era of post Grand Theft Auto five uh, and trying to have that like chasing that success of like, oh, they tacked on an online component after and it was like really successful. We can do the same. But I think these companies aren't looking at they're an isolated instance like Grand Theft Auto has mass appeal aside from its online. Um, and it's always had the legs for that. And I just I think the yeah. safer route. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if this content will ever get out there. But comments made about Splatoon is Nintendo is always looking like what can we do that's in our wheelhouse that makes us unique and then make a product that is that. And that, and that was something that Splatoon was where it's like their take on a shooter that no, no one else can replicate. Like it, it, it's like we did a shooter that is not rated M it's for everybody and you don't even have to necessarily shoot your opponents. It's about covering terrain, um, which just is a novel idea that it like nobody else was doing. Um, and I think some people need to think of that, what that's going to be, who fucking knows. Cause if I, if, if I knew I'd probably have more, make more money off of it. But, um, I, I think many games have done the whole, uh, I forget the name of it, but that one where you grow and shrink based on kills, I think that's been an interesting concept. And it, it like, that's part of why, like I champion, uh, indie games and indie development because that's where you're getting newer fresher ideas and not people trying to chase mainstream success and have boilerplate ideas and trying to uh like appease and accommodate for like the lowest common denominator which is how i view games like red dead i i'm not once again i'm not faulting anybody for liking red dead or extremely popular games like if you like what you like play what you like i like mario games which are obscenely popular but I'm just saying your your triple A space is not going to be where innovation comes from. And there's going to be an indie game out there that will feel like a game made specifically for you in an odd way um, where you're just not going to quite get that with those larger games like and 
I mean, something like Red Dead is very in the vein of like power fantasy, like male power fantasy, where it is just like cowboys and shit. Um, and in many ways, like Ghost of Tsushima on the opposite end is that uh, samurais are like cowboys just of the uh, like of the Asianic countries. Like, yeah. they're just like a cool uh, stereotype, I would say, you know, like like to an extent that I like cowboys just like samurai enter the realm of like myths and legends um where i i feel a lot of like the mystique surrounding them is probably a lot of bullshit <laughs> i mean where, where they talk about you know like samurais cutting bullets and stuff like that like yeah it's just like that stuff probably never happened um i mean what on mythbusters they did a samurai sword and they showed that it could actually cut a bullet but I mean, the amount of you positioning a sword in the right spot to do it is just and even being able to see a bullet is just not going to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like what the Western aesthetic of cowboys uh, being this like cool thing um, versus like samurai being a cool like Eastern aesthetic. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just that, that I'm rambling at the end of the day, but that is just how I feel <laughs> when it comes to rockstar and like games like red dead or grand theft auto is just i i kind of don't i ignore those games a lot because they are arguably paving the way and leading to other game developers uh copying trends they set uh for better and for worse like it, it yeah it's there's a lot of ups and downs there so it just from my point of view i just don't partake at the end of the day. All right, well, we're we're going to move on. You went on for like a good 20 minutes, I'm I feel sorry. like. Uh, for one email. We have one email. Marcus is off to the races here. Uh, so uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, the Unpaid Programming Podcast and Lawrence Watson for giving us that awesome email and set Marcus into this tirade against Rockstar. <laughs> you led me to ramble about Rockstar and my issues with Rockstar. Which we led a horse to water. A little bit. God damn it, Justin. Which had very little to do, like, you playing Red Dead was such a footnote in that email, but I I apologize. That's <laughs> this is a gaming uh, podcast, so I'm gonna talk about games. Uh, they uh, on the most recent episode they did because they they do these little skits in between their like as their um, I guess commercial break in the middle of their show, and their most recent one was like a, a PSA from Arthur Morgan. <laughs> It was great. I'll have to show you. I'll have to show you later. I don't know if we can play it on this podcast. And and I didn't even ask for permission from them to play it. So <laughs> of the go listen to their most recent episode. It's unpaid programming. They're those guys are like hilarious. Um but anyway, moving on to our question of the week. Um so this week the question is Will mobile games for the most part ever be treated as something other than microtransaction cash cows and i mean my one of my thing is that there is good stuff out there but it's it's really hard to find like the stuff that's popular isn't necessarily the stuff that's good in the mobile arena for video games it's a there's a lot of microtransaction heavy things and sometimes i don't mind the microtransactions because there's some there's some there's where there's a balance of where it's like oh there's cosmetics which are fine and then there's some where it's hey the game's free um but we have ads in it and you can give us some money to like 
pay, the, what that would be considered like, oh, you bought the premium version of the game and that turns off the ads. So it's like either way they're going to get su- supported, especially if it's like a small like indie studio making the mobile game. Because, I mean, it's it, it, it still costs money to list a game on the on the like app store and the market google play marketplace and not only that if they have anything like that server side like if they have any sort of like online stuff like they still have to host all that stuff with their own web hosting so that still costs money so i i can see why there are microtransactions and i can see why there's ads and stuff but i feel like some games just take it to like the worst possible levels that they can and they employ every single tactic where it's like, hey, even though you there's microtransactions in this game, there's also like an ad every like two minutes that you have to watch. Or we we encourage you to like watch a shitload of ads in order to speed the, up the process of playing this game, because otherwise you're, you're it's going to take you like a year of waiting to do anything. But yeah, so mobile games, I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of early games, like early mobile games, I'm looking at like early, very early um, Angry Birds, which even then, like that was like a game that existed on PC, but it was cool that it took advantage of like the touchscreen. I feel like a lot of those early puzzle games took advantage of like the mechanics of the cell phone and the touchscreen and the gyroscope and a lot of the new stuff, like there are uh, exceptions to that. But it feels like even like newer puzzle games are just like, hey, these are like the same kind of just puzzle Remember generic games that you can play. Like, like sunglasses and you'd like pretend you're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And and I remember there and there was a game that I can't remember what it was called, but Giant Bombs talked about it specifically this week. That was like a puzzle game, but it was along those same lines of those old things where it was you're you're using like the volume buttons to control something in the game and then there's all sorts of other weird stuff where it's like you're interacting with the mechanics of the phone to solve these puzzles rather than just like oh yeah so we just made like 50 puzzle levels and you're just going through one through 50 and you can uh get one two or three stars based off of how well you do on each level because i feel like there's a lot of that and that even gets old after a while and then there's just Games that are just, hey, just plop down this building and wait for an hour and then something happens and then you can make another building and wait another hour. (laughs) Uh, I played a few of those types of games and it's just like it gets old after a while and it gets to be very like pay to win type stuff, even though there's no real winning because you're not even facing anybody. You're just playing by yourself. I only ever pay to win. That's how you win. (laughs) That's how you win. (laughs) It's in the name. You pay, yeah. you win. Yeah. So I have some comments from Facebook here on this subject. Um, from Savannah, maybe if the people that made them uh, treated them like anything but cash cash drains. And that's that's true. I mean, you look at like a lot of games and that's just that's how they're treated. Um, Mateus says, to be honest, I'm waiting for the equivalent of World of Warcraft to be made in a Pokemon Go style game, as in something with enough depth that can maintain that kind of super dedicated lifestyle fan base. That, that's a hard ask. <laughs> I don't know. I, and hopefully something that's developed by someone other than Niantic, because you're yeah. you're only going to get surface level stuff from Niantic. I mean, as much as I hate to admit it, but like augmented reality stuff is probably the best direction for phones to take because it's, it's their greatest advantage over uh, yeah. sit down games. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you you can take them anywhere, and the the environment becomes part of the game. 
yeah, and your like location. Playing a game in the real world, um, which is something, yeah. I mean, like, I give great props to Pokemon Go for be, I, for a long time. I mean, like, it was a cool thing for, like, those first few months, and, I mean, many people yeah. still play it, but, it, like, people, it reignited that Pokemon fever for a while, you know? And yeah, it did. It was a, it became a phenomenon. And like in most games, most games are, are it's all about putting asses in the seats and Pokemon Go put asses in the streets. <laughs> it really did. And <laughs> I mean, I think it's uh, I I agree with the person where they say they want something with more depth, like a World of Warcraft. And yeah, like it'd be cool to see something that is augmented reality where you walk to some location in real life and interact with an NPC and go on some like quest that requires you to interact with stuff like essentially merging geocaching with like a Pokemon go type thing would be kind of cool. Um, yeah, but and I like that like stores were like even being like, hey, there's a Pokemon Go special here. So like it was like there were the st- even like places were encouraging people that playing Pokemon Go to come out like, hey, we're doing a special thing for the Pokemon Go people. Yeah, so, like you could get drinks I, or something cheap, which was cool. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a real phenomenon. It, it it's there's still arguably just as many players, but it's very yeah. just stable at this point. It's not really growing. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't like outside of once again, like really, really leaning into that. But problem was, is like with something like Pokemon go, or even like a lot of augmented reality stuff here in Montana, like this is once again, it's a personal issue, but we're in a real like rural area and it sucks for people like us. We're not in a dense populated zone where there's it's not like New York where like there's a poke stop every like five feet, um, yeah. you know, or like gyms fucking everywhere. So unfortunately everything's spread out. So that leads you to either you're walking obscene distances yeah, or you're, uh, or you're just driving. Yeah. Driving, <laughs> uh, which I mean, there's not a problem with that necessarily. Like I went to a, uh, college campus and just walked around the college campus for quite some time as much as, an issue there and uh, with several of our good Pokestop zones, it led you to kind of creepy places because it, it like I feel like a little weird going to a college campus when I've been out of college for as long as I have been. Yeah. Um, as much <laughs> as I'm 30 years it, old and you're creeping up on all the 18 year olds. Well, it's just, I mean, a place you could walk around and it was cool to run into other college people. Like, well, I say yeah. other college people, but the college people when I was not a college person or, and some of the people weren't college people, they were just out there cause there was a lot of Pokestops and you could just talk to yeah. them about Pokemon during that period of time. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, like that was that college area was a really good spot for like not like all the uh, the poke stops because you could just wander around the building in circles for a while. And a- another place I went shit. a lot, which was a lot more creepy, was the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, you tell me about that. It one. had an uh, unreal. It, it, there was more poke stops in that graveyard than there were at the colleges. And it's that's really not super far from my house. So I just walk there get every Pokestop along the way and then like walk, do like five, six rounds around the graveyard, um, which was cool. But, you know, at a certain point you, you'd like, like at first, you know, you're like, oh man, Pokemon. But at a certain point you have like that moment of realization or clarity where you're just like, I'm in a graveyard. What the (laughs) fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
and yeah, there was tons of people go. out it's there, shit. tons of weird yeah. people in that graveyard, which was it was cool talking with those people. But like and I said, they were all playing Pokemon Go. It was such <laughs> a like it was so hot for those first few months. Um, yeah, but it, and it obviously like it cooled down once winter came. Yeah, and I mean all that was expected and everything, but. It was yeah. a, a thing to be, a, it was like a cool thing to be a part of in that time. And it really, it reminded me of the nineties again, when Pokemon mania hit, it reminded me yeah. of, you know, going to school and trading cards. Yeah, Cause people, people were like, I'm walking in the traffic playing this game or I'm falling into ponds and shit. I'm and walking shit into and a person's house like, and getting shot by a shotgun. I'm yeah. Like there's all these, those are the all real the news stories about obstacles. it. <laughs> yeah. Those are the bad NPCs. That person ran into team rocket yeah. and they shot him. Up. But <laughs> I think it'd be cool. Like in the future where you have like the AR games and it's just like, there's like a town crier or there's like quest givers where it's like, yeah, you're going to this public location to, to get quest. Get a, yeah. To get quests, which and may it's be like, like bringing people to walk. certain areas of town. Yeah. It was like, it may send you to another location. Like it may, like you get a, like, let's just say you got to go to, um, a restaurant and then that gives you a quest to go, yeah. go to, uh, some other location or it gives you a specific path you have to take, um, to go to another location to yeah. once again, get something. Like I said, I would prefer if this was merged with a geocaching thing that you would then like find something uh, in real life. Yeah. And then you would, uh, either like, you know, that'd be like a cool goodie bag you would find, but then you would have to like leave something else in its place or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Geocaching is that's, that's, that's interesting for sure. I never did any of that, but I knew some people who did. It's kind of coming back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting for sure. Um, let's see. I get to the next comment here. Um, uh, Bryant says, fingers crossed the Pokemon MOBA isn't a cash cow and it's just cosmetic unlocks. <laughs> well, I don't know. The the thing always with that, I, I, I really always hate the argument of, uh, like it's just cosmetics. Cause it, for many people, that's the predatory element. Um, yeah. It, Cause it's like the FOMO. It's, uh, like, yeah, I was like, I mean, People like me or this person or I think even you, Justin, can just like walk away from that and not have an issue. Many people are in that boat. But I mean, I know people personally who and I mean, I wish they just had to have it all. Yeah, I wish they just maybe had better impulse control. But to a certain extent, that's not on them. Um, And they just, you know, it 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 sucks to. uh like when you have to be so in control all the time around everything and that gets more yeah. egregious when it comes to a kid's game like pokemon has the child appeal to it and so coming coming into that it shouldn't have microtransactions like yeah or stupid cosmetic like or if they do cosmetics maybe wrap those into a battle pass or something i don't know yeah. i think that's less uh threatening than the whole like microtransactions and just buying stupid shit at the end of the day. Cause I know, um, both with league of legends and smite, this person has like mostly in like smite because it is kind of like a lottery based thing where it'll be like, this chest has one in 75 items and like it has a single skin in there that they want. They will buy every chest until they get that skin they want. And which is sometimes hundreds of dollars, like hundreds to thousands of dollars. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I, I, I'm the type of person that I'm like, I don't need that. Like, that's cool. But I know 
I know my friend is many one of many people that is not alone that they just have really bad impulse control and they're whales, man. Yeah, they're the whales. And I mean, like at the end of the day, I'm like they wouldn't they wouldn't do these things if they weren't raking in uh, money hand over fist off whales. Once again, it, it, it they're not making so much money off the person who is just making one or two purchases a year. It's all the money they're making from whales that are buying every fucking cosmetic. Yeah. And then eventually they have that sunk cost fallacy where they, you know, they feel changed to the game. It it, it becomes their ball and chain of like, I yeah. feel obligated to play this 24 seven because I've sunk so much money in it. Um, yeah. And, and they then, oh, I might away. as well buy all the new stuff that keeps coming out. Yeah. And th- I mean, that only gets compounded in 10 times worse when they just shut that game down. Yep. Because, I mean, what do you do? Like then it's really sunk cost. Yeah. You're just like, and I think that's what people are losing sight of at a certain point of the fact that these games aren't like a basketball or baseball. The game can just be wiped from existence at a certain point. Um, Yeah. And stuff like that's why I never even got into like stuff like World of Warcraft, because I'm like, I have to pay 15 bucks a month to play this game. And then like when I stop paying 15 bucks a month, I have nothing. And that's why I never got it. I know it's like, I don't feel that I don't view it that way anymore, especially like looking at me paying 10 bucks a month for game pass. And like, once I stop paying for that, then it's like, um, I don't have anything to show for it except for the fact that, well, I played a lot of games that I never would have played, paid, played otherwise. So I feel differently now than I used to. But I mean, also like you're making more money now, but they have, uh, yeah, We're also true. just being conditioned <laughs> by society too, where they yeah, like between Netflix really got that ball rolling. Yep, that and I mean even down to uh, cosmetics and games. Uh, I like I mean I know this is a drum that uh, Jim Sterling is beating twenty four seven, but I like I get it. We are at a point where co- cosmetics used to be in games, like back especially in the PS two era and PS one era. Like you just unlocked cosmetics, but now they now don't put don't. those in games. They charge for They're that just, shit. Yep. Yep. Um, which yeah. is obscene. Like you used to unlock. Yeah. You used to unlock stuff while you played the game through either like doing achievements or they were just like, they're just, just stupid could, Easter eggs. Like, yeah. And, or like finding certain things in a game that would unlock it. Usually I mean, just beating I remember a game like, gave you some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, and it's just finding stuff along the way. Like the, the, just one example I can think of off the top of my head is like the Bomberman 64. Like you would unlock different like character skins that you could play as uh, while playing that game. And yeah, I mean, that's something where like, once again, Ghost of Tsushima, a lot of the stuff just is cosmetic. Yeah. And there's no season pass for that game. There's no microtransactions or anything. So, I mean, once again, that that all the more reason to buy that game, I guess, because then it's showing yeah. the industry like I want this and not You're voting that. with your wallet. Yeah, that's what we always say here. Vote with I your mean, wallet. Uh, Sony's been treating their it seems like their first party stuff pretty well on that front because God of War didn't have a season pass. Ghost doesn't have a season pass. Last of Us doesn't have a season pass. Um, I think the only one that really did was Horizon. Um, which, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the horizon stuff was pretty substantial, but out of most of the first, oh, and Death Stranding didn't have a season pass or like microtransactions. Yep. So they've seemed to on Sony's front have a pretty good 
uh, track record when it comes to that stuff. If that, if once again, if you're looking, if you don't want DLC in your games and, uh, you know, microtransactions, I feel Sony like back Sony in that case, but Microsoft has shown that they, uh, sell their first party titles with season passes and microtransactions and all that shit. Um, and that's that's not really even a dig at Microsoft. I'm just I'm just laying out the facts here that that's something Microsoft does condone. And Sony has clearly shown uh, the other uh, is really all I'm getting at when it comes to their yeah. first party studios. Um, who knows what will happen going into the future? I mean, who knows what Halo if Halo is going to have season passes or whatever? Um, I would think not, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Cosmetic guns, um, gold guns. Yeah. Uh, Dominic says, even the simplest, most enjoyable games I play still have some sort of money draining system. I never had a problem paying $1.99 for a mobile game I'd play for hours, but I was told far too many times in my teen days, you pay for mobile games? Why? Well, assholes, had y'all paid for your games back then, too, this whole shit show would never have been required. So, no, until people see mobile games as hard work, worth paying for the free to pay cash cows uh cash cow system is not going away voting with your wallet um very important yep uh drew says there's been some successful examples that prove that mobile game uh, or mobile gaming audience is willing to spend money on buying a full game experience such that the developers don't need to rely on it being an ongoing revenue stream and that success breeds repetition honestly i think they I think we're either at or nearing a point where there really needs to be a more there really needs to be more outlets that are highlighting these releases so that the consumers are aware of them because curation within the app stores themselves just doesn't do enough to distinguish between what is a traditional game experience on mobile versus a free to start but full of microtransactions one. And, and I think and uh, even the outlets it's hard because you see you always see like these top like oh these are the top games that play on mobile and it's always just these shitty cash cow games on every list. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it is worth noting uh, something like uh, uh, what is it called? Apple Play or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, they, the, 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 the fuck the Apple fuck. Yeah, they're $5 a month service that gets you access yeah. to all kinds Where of it's all legit apps. ass games. And yeah, those are like legit ass games. I, and I think that's uh, like the, Dodo Peak who was gonna, that guy was gonna come on to our show and then yeah, that game just launched us. on Switch. Big time does. Is launching on Switch. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, it, it, I think that's definitely the smartest direction they can go at this yeah. point. Because people can justifiably be like, I'll pay five bucks a month uh, to play, you know, like to get whatever these are. And then they can curate that list for you. And once again, that, yeah. that cost um, is pretty good. I mean, but you, you'd. At the end of the day, just like any of these services, A, you got to remember you're paying for something. And then B, with knowing that you're paying for something, you need to play or do enough to equal that cost or whatever you feel that cost is. So in my case, when it comes to Game Pass, since it is 15 bucks a month, um, you have to say that's, uh, what, 180 a year. So you need to play at least three sixty dollar games on that platform um which would mean yeah basically any first party things that you know are coming day one so ie halo when it comes out or gears tactics um those are obviously just most recent examples but you need yeah. to play those and be sure you're playing those to equal that cost per year 
I, I would recommend looking at it at a yearly thing, uh, like a yearly endeavor instead of a monthly endeavor. Cause yeah. you're just, you, you know, equaling 15 bucks a month, um, you're going to lose sight of that, but you need just look at the total cost for how much you're paying for the year and then try and equal that cost in uh game time. Or once again, whatever you feel is apt really like whatever $180 worth of, uh, gaming or whatever it is in this case, like playing phone yeah. ga- phone games or whatever, uh, would, cause what it's five bucks a month for 12 months. So that's uh 60 bucks. So if you play, you need yeah. to play $60 worth to you on phone. And I mean, this applies to everything. Yeah. Netflix, uh, make sure you're watching enough TV <laughs> yeah. to equal that cost to you. Cause it is expensive at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And just it, I, I actually do agree. <laughs> uh, Netflix is eventually trying to roll out a thing where if you just don't use it, they're going to cancel your subscription on you. Yeah, I think it's like if you aren't haven't used it for like three months or something yeah, like that, they'll just, just gonna... uh, terminate your subscription, which I think is smart. Uh, that yeah. actually is a step where I don't see the company as super money grubbing and like the intentional like we want you to sign up for the free trial. So then you'll forget to cancel just yeah. so you're on our service. This seems like right. Yeah, flying that, right I always, and I always hate when people are like, Oh, Netflix is raising their cost $1 a month. I guess I better cancel. It's like that Netflix is like the best bank for your buck subscription service you could ever have. <laughs> I, I mean, the unfortunate thing is they've been operating in the red for like ever. And like I the know. issue is that they don't have ads. They don't like they've been producing their own content, which is really just costing them money yeah, at the end of the like day. But like how, yeah, but, how do you make money off of yeah, just a purely subscription? Uh, it's like, it's not like Disney plus where they have a massive catalog of old shit that they don't have to pay a dime for like any, yeah. any well, old yeah. stuff or other movies and everything that they're not personally yeah. making. They have to, and license. it's already Disney. Yeah. Disney, Disney makes like almost all of their money from their theme parks. Yeah. So I was like, does something like Disney plus or additionally also still Disney, but Hulu has ads and everything. So yeah, those streaming services are unfortunately able to get away with a lot more than Netflix. And I mean, many people have straight yeah. up said if Netflix ads ads, they would cancel, which is, I, I agree with that. If Netflix had ads, I probably would cancel, but I don't know. It's also at, at on one hand, if at some it had point, ads they might need them and saved you money. Like, would that be better? I don't. And I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate here at the end of the day. It They are running at a cost deficit and have been for ever. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I know some people absolutely loathe Netflix and all the Netflix content. Um, they think it's all just uh, pandery bullshit, uh, basically lowbrow. So PC culture, man. It's like that mixed with just like CW quality shows, which I I yeah. don't fully disagree with that. But I think there is I had a, a, like a good uh, catalog of stuff, too. I had a hot take on Twitter a while ago, and I don't think I said it on the podcast, but uh, Netflix made people excited for uh, direct-to-DVD movies again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that's essentially all the movies that that almost every like all the Netflix originals movies that are coming out. They're all like essentially it's direct to DVD movies, which sadly, because some of of them are really good, but some of them are real shit. Well, certain (laughs) things are only successful because they're on that platform. Um, 
I yeah. like I talked like about. They wouldn't old be Ga- successful at a theater. I don't think Old Guard would have performed well in theaters, but it it was one of the top th- watched things on Netflix. Yeah, and I think it's like it's it's cheesy. It's like action packed. I still think it's like well made. It's just it's like a step above a sci fi original movie. Yeah, it's just if you put that in theaters, it would get annihilated. Like it, yeah. it wouldn't no like nobody would go see that movie. Um, and despite having Charlie, Charlie's Char- they're on yeah. it. And I mean, I think that's another thing. Like people are going to take more of a risk on there and watch something, uh, on there that they may have not have watched otherwise because it's, yep. uh, quote unquote free to them. Um, yeah. Same thing with the game pass. I mean, yeah. I'm the same way with the game pass. I mean, like I just got through saying I was, I'm playing Astro near because it got added a game pass and it's a game that looked uninterest, uninteresting at best uh, outside of game pass, looking at other people, seeing other like screenshots and videos of gameplay and seeing the trailer. It didn't look like it was something I would want to spend money on, but then I downloaded it on game pass and Hey, it's actually a pretty good well, game. And, uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on here, but uh, a large part like goal of something like Game Pass is they're targeting the lapsed gamer. So they want like they want the person who, you know, used to play games or maybe still plays some games, but not a lot of games to get reinvested in in games or like interested in, you know, buying more games or playing more games. They got their claws uh, in me again. You know, basically wanting to take those people that are the, uh, you know, casuals become such a derogatory term, but I'm just going to use it in this case. But your people that are playing those filthy your, casuals, you know, that they pretty much people that strictly play your like they stick to their tried and true, their call of duty, their Madden and maybe some racing games or, uh, you know, they they have their like sports game of choice plus like Call of Duty and then maybe they play an Assassin's Creed or like a Rockstar game you know and that's just yeah. they're tried and true they're bread and butter that those are the games they stick to that they're comfortable with those games and they don't explore much outside of that and that's yeah. the target demographic is to get those get games that they may not have looked at that they would actually truly enjoy but they don't know because. You know, it's like going to a restaurant and ordering a Coke just because you can't think of uh, the other thing just because it's simple. You know, you can't think of another uh, soda at the time. So you're like, bring me a Coke or a Pepsi or whatever it is, you know, you know, their yeah. cola um, that it just rolls off the tongue. And that's kind of that. Uh, once again, these casual gamers are basically that that they they like their comfortable games, uh, which is fine. Uh, once again, so that's 100 percent fine to be. But I'm glad for something like Game Pass to try and get those people playing other games like your Astroneers, your, uh, you know, your indie games that they might not check out, that they may, you know, on the fringe be like, what is that? That looks interesting. I want to check that out, download it, play it for however long, and maybe they like it, maybe they don't. Um, I think of games like Yakuza where, like, it, it in a lot of games, like, and I think Yakuza is one of them where it's like, it is kind of a big ask to get somebody who hasn't played any of these games to drop 60 bucks or in the future, 70 bucks on a gamble um, on a franchise. They don't even know they like now when they're already paying 15 bucks a month, they'll go, yeah, I'll check that out, you know, because it's just there. It's on hand. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's a man. Microtransactions. (laughs) Uh, Phil, 
couple throwaway kind of comments here. Phil says, for anyone looking for a good mobile game, I recommend Battle Battles Chasers Night War. I don't know if that's like a serious comment or not, because that name just sounds like Ward Salad. Um, you <laughs> that those get like total war on fire battle. No, battle Chasers Night Royale. War is actually a game I backed on. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, and it went to PC consoles and then it okay. must have came to mobile later. But it is actually based yeah, on never a comic series, and it oh, is okay. just like a straight up, like cra- classic traditional, uh, like JRPG. Well, um, there you go. You can check that out. The biggest difference is like there's a big robot character that you know you would you know naturally you'd be like that's my tank, but he's actually the healer. Yeah. Um, Walker says Dandy Dungeon. <laughs> I've never. I'm. I don't play a lot of mobile games anymore, so I have no idea what that is. Um, then we have this huge long comment. So let me got to pull the screen closer to me. So I don't, uh, uh, forest says, I mean, it's all about the limits of the platform. A phone can only have such high quality visuals and needs to work with touch controls. The problem I'll use myself as an example. I'm a dolphin. I don't blow paychecks, but I'm not afraid to draw some cash. On the one hand, there's Legends of Runeterra, possibly the best CCG game I've ever played. And because it's so good and generous, I've also had zero qualms with the hundred ish dollars I've been I've spent collecting cosmetics like boards and guardians these last few months. Then there's something like DBZ Dock and Battle. I've played it consistently for more than two years now. I've also spent probably around $500 on it. Same with Fate Grand Order. Sometimes I sit back and think, fuck, I could have just bought a PlayStation 5 almost on launch if I'd never spent money on this evil gotcha game. But then I've played that. But then I've played them for two years very consistently, and I think it's a ton of fun. So it. Is it really a waste of money when I've spent probably more time on it than happily that hap- if I've spent more time on it happily than 90% of my collection? But to circle back, I spend responsibly never going for anything I'm feeling iffy about how the bills will, will play out. No matter how badly I want that future Gohan or that Saber Altar, even so, they've made good bank on me too. <clears throat> to say nothing of people who drop three to five grand on a banner to get every copy of a character they need day one. Why would they ever change when the people are willing to drop a down payment for a car on trying to rainbow the new LR Broly? <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 I mean, you're what you're talking about earlier. That's the whales. They're just, they're making all the money off of the whales. I mean, and you just feel bad because like, I don't know. People, it, they get trapped in that, you know? Yeah. It sucks because obviously like for many of them, from their point of view, they don't see the problem. Yeah. It it, like, and I'm not saying all these people are like spending themselves to oblivion. Um, They're usually still spending within their means, but you know, this becomes that thing where I keep saying they should show you the running total you've spent on something because it would make you more. If you, if you saw, you know, you're in the like, two, three, four thousand dollar range, I think you would maybe uh be a bit more reserved about spending at a certain extent, you know? Yeah. Um let's see. Okay. And then hop over the Twitter. For some reason we only had like two. I think like Twitter is like killing the reach on these posts because like for a while we were getting a decent response on Twitter. And now the it's just like I make reach. I make I make the the post on Twitter and then we get like 
two or three answers throughout the day, like as if like it's not even serving the tweet to anybody, which is like the hell Twitter. Come on. We have almost at as is at the time of this recording, we're like two followers away from twenty five hundred followers. <laughs> and this post has eight hundred and twenty impressions on it after like a whole day. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, Grand Rapidians play video games. The faithful Grand Rapidians play video games at Grant underscore video. Uh, some of them should be. There are good ones out there like Pac-Man 256, Desert Golf, Super Hexagon, and stuff that couldn't work elsewhere, elsewhere like Ingress and Pokemon Go, which we, we talked ad nauseum about Pokemon Go <laughs> already. But yeah, there is some legit good stuff that couldn't work anywhere else because of the virtue of them being AR-based. Um, and even like physics based with like, um, I know like some controllers, like the PlayStation three controller. I don't did the PlayStation four controller have gyroscopic controls. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like they have all controllers at this point have gyroscope. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a thing that's used a lot, but it just seems like it's better on a phone. Um, then geek exploration, the podcast at geek explore pod says, I would love to see them be more, but right now they are so profitable as is. When I hit a paywall, I quit. There are a few great games that are free or one-time costs that I've really enjoyed. Hoplite, Ticket to Earth, Polytopia, Only One, and Underhand are a few. I'm also not a huge fan of games where an ad plays every couple minutes slash rounds. If it's a fun game, I would rather buy it outright than deal with the interruptions. Um, I do that. Polytopia is really good. It's basically, have you heard of that one? It's essentially just like a mini version of civilization, but on phone it's like more kind of pixely, but yeah, it's, it's pretty decent. It's like turn-based civ civilization clone. Um, you're just gathering resources and whoever you play to like, however many rounds and whoever has the best winning conditions, they win that, that game. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough with the buying a game outright versus the ads because like even at that point, like it's an it's an incentive for them to not even offer the outright buy the game because in the long run they'll they'll make more money off of those ad plays than they will from you buying the game once. So it's tough. Uh and that's that's the only two we had for Twitter. So let's move to Instagram. And we had a few here. So first post or first response, uh, ghost of gamer past. Maybe <laughs> I, I always appreciate his comments. <laughs> um, pop cannon says, unfortunately, no, because the model is still so lucrative, even though people know what's happening. Yeah. I mean, people know that they're getting fucked with these microtransactions, but it, it doesn't stop. Nope. And the idiot savants say we have such a struggle with this on our podcast. Personally, gaming is gaming to me, especially with Project X Cloud putting console games on phone screens. There are some beautiful mobile games that deserve more credit than they get just because they aren't on quote unquote real platforms. Yeah, X Cloud is another case for good. Like, I mean, obviously it's, they're not mobile games, but it, you can it'll be the thing that you could play on your phone because it's on through X Cloud. Um, the Chronicles of a Gamer says, no, not really. Some mobile games are interesting, but most people, at least in New York, including myself, just play them on the train to and from work. Not worth the effort to bring my Switch or Vita. So mobile games hold my interest. Unfortunately, I think it's just a cash grab, loot filled moneymaker. True story. 
And then the last one we have is from Precisely Podcast. I play Pokemon Go still, and I might have spent $10 when it first came out, but haven't spent a cent since then, and I still have fun trying to catch them all. So, yeah, I, a lot of Pokemon Go. I mean, obviously, that's... I I don't really... Like, I, I, I thought it was a cool phenomenon, but as an actual game, I think it's kind of pretty shallow. <laughs> But I mean, but it, it's it's a thing for people to do and it's getting people out and walking and interacting. So, I mean, I'm cool with that. I think that's in the long run more worth it than it is the fact that it's kind of a shallow game. So but uh, that's that's that. So I think we'll have to call this a, a, a cast. I think that's a cast. Would you agree that's a cast? That's a cast. That's that a that's, cast. It's cast in in molten lava. It's not a great cast material, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah. So hey, if you enjoyed this show, uh, consider giving us a five star review. We would really appreciate it. Uh, you can go do the do so at Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. And uh, also, if you could share the show with your friends, if you enjoy the show, then you're bound to have friends that would also enjoy the show. Point them in our direction and we will be forever in your debt. (laughs) Uh, Also, if you aren't already following us on our social media, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It's Let Gaming Arena on all of those. Also, if you want to check out our website, it's LGA.GG. And if you want to join our Discord, it's chat.lga.gg. If you want to send an e- send us an email, you can do so uh, by emailing social at lga.gg. You can ask us questions. You can uh, um, uh, and you can submit a question for the question of the week that we can ask everybody as the part of the community engagement segment. Uh, at this point, the 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 inaugural that I mean the first ever email position is gone. Uh, the unpaid programming podcast will forever be immortalized in the show uh, as being our first email in the hall of champions. Yeah. They're in the hall of champions of the lit gaming arena. Uh, Hold on. The hall of champions. Let's just add some cool effects to that later on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so you can you can join them in the Hall of Champions and be the second email ever uh, submitted to the podcast. So uh, follow in, uh, uh, do what Lawrence did, follow in their footsteps, give us uh, some emails, and be cool people. Yeah, uh, and set with, me off like a gun. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Marcus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but with all that being said, uh, I think we're going to call it right there. So uh, we will see you next time. Peace. weird i'm getting a call from dragon palace dragon palace (laughs) where the hell are they answer it (laughs) hello hi um i think you might have the wrong number (laughs) all right bye that was weird